goodness and your mercy follow us all the days of our lives. Lord, we just thank you that we can come and say we adore you. Lord, we thank you that we can stand and worship you and whatever's going around us, whatever situation we're in, that it's freedom in that worship, it's power in that worship. Lord, we just thank you that we can come and adore every aspect of what you've done in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you've come to save each one of us. Lord, you have set each one of us free. We have freedom within you. And you have come so that we do not have to worry about a thing. We do not have to worry about our situation we're in. And we thank you, Jesus, for your freedom that you have set us free in. Thank you, Jesus. Now, where do I go from here? <laughs> oh, so if you haven't got your communion, can you get your communion? Um, one of the scriptures I had was, um, pour all your worries and your stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you. And in the New Testament, it says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And um, I don't know, I've had a week where stuff just happens, you know, stuff just seems to happen. But we can come to Jesus, we can put our burdens, whatever situation we're going through, whatever we're doing, we can put it at his feet and we can be freed from that. can lay it there. Um, so if you'd like to stand, Lord, we just thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit. You've sent your angels, your angelic host, Lord, to be there over seeing us every situation, Lord. Lord, we thank you that your goodness and your mercy, they follow us all the days of our lives. And as Tanya said last week, it is finished. You have done every single thing on the cross and it is finished. Lord, we thank you. Let's just partake of the bread. Thank you, Jesus. And with his blood, let's just let it just wash over us, whatever situation. Let's lay it there. Forget about it. Don't take it up. Don't pick it up. Let's just walk out that door saying it's done, it's finished. God has the situation at hand. His timing is in his hands and um, we don't have to worry about a thing. God has it all in his hands and his timing is in his hands. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen and amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. That last song was quite timely, wasn't it? <laughs> Although, um, isn't that the isn't or shouldn't that be the confession of our heart all through the year? <laughs> yeah, Amen. I just want to share a couple of thoughts this morning um, around our offering. You know, the scripture says that, that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. God doesn't change. His character doesn't change. Now, we know that there are practices that change from Old Testament to New Testament. You know, we know that there were a number of things that were fulfilled um, at the cross and there was absolutely a change there but actually the character of God never changes 
who he is never changes. And, you know, there are spiritual laws that were in effect in the Old Testament and they were in effect in the, in the New Testament as well. So a spiritual law, it's, a, it's an action and outcome that are related because the two are bound together. An action and outcome that are related because the two are bound together. Now, some of you might remember back to your school days. I don't know if you did physics when you were at school. I did. I did like physics a little bit better than, well, a whole lot better than chemistry. But, um, you know, physics is very mathematical. It's a lot full of formulas. And um, one of the, and you were expected to remember all these formulas, not like today, you know, you get a cheat sheet and you get all the formulas and, really? Really? That's cheating. That's why they call it a cheat sheet. No, we were expected to remember all those formulas, and some were difficult to remember, but one was really, really quite simple, F equals MA. Tell me what F equals MA, physicist in the room. Thank you, Chris. There we go. It's easy as that. Look at that. Go, physics. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting thing. It, it's that, that explains or that puts together a couple of components that has an outcome. Now, you could have a tennis ball and a shot put and get up on a really tall tower and drop the two. And they're actually going to fall at the same rate. They're going to hit the ground together. And, you know, in, in, in your thinking, you think, really? But one's really a whole lot heavier than the other. That, that, that shouldn't happen. It's, well, you could try it. So they're going to hit the ground at the same time. They're going to fall at the same rate because gravity's a constant. But the impact at the bottom is going to be significantly different with the shot put as opposed to the tennis ball. So when they get to the bottom, the tennis ball's going to fall and it's going to go dunk. And the shot put's going to get to the bottom and it's going to go thunk. And that's where it's going to stay, with a big hole in the ground. So, I mean, that's just a, that's just a really natural, natural thing. But it's, it's a law. It is a, a natural law. And spiritual laws, everything in the natural comes out of the spiritual. So uh, a, a formula like force equals mass times acceleration, it's, um, it's a physical... Um, Yep, it is a physical thing, a physical law, but everything comes out of the Spirit. And the Bible says a number of times through Scripture, let every word be confirmed in the mouth or established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So I'm going to give you three witnesses um, this morning. So in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24 and 25, now, this is Solomon. This is the wisdom of Solomon. There is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, there's a correlation there. There's a, there's a, a, a joining together of... of action and outcome in those in those scriptures for the negative and for the positive because spiritual laws work both ways <laughs> they work both ways what you say you will reap so that's solomon that's old testament that's great let's have a look at luke luke chapter 6 and this is, this is the positive and the negative elements of, of, of um, spiritual laws. This is Jesus. Now, Jesus is perfect theology. If you want to work out what, what the correct mode or what the correct um, interpretation is on certain things, look at what Jesus said because he is perfect theology. Uh, 6 verse 37, judge not and you will not be judged. 
condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So there's, there's a couple of, you know, there's a couple of negatives. That, well, actually, it's positive, isn't it? If you don't, if you don't judge, you won't be judged. Yeah, you, you understand. Verse 38, I'm going to read verse 38 out of um, the Passion Translation. It just says, Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. You've done that in your pantry. You know, you've got a packet and you put it in a container. It doesn't quite fit, so you give it a shake. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. The measurement of generosity, of your generosity, becomes the measurement of your return. Does that sound a little bit like four seagulls mass times acceleration? <laughs> There's a correlation there. They're joined together. Sounds a little bit like, um, like Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 also. And then there's, I said there was three witnesses. Let's have a look at what Paul had to say. And what you'll pick up is it is the one message. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he who spares... So he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And, you know, we've said it in here before. If, if there's an attitude in us that is, ugh, I have to do this. I tell you, don't do it. Because there's no blessing on that. Because God looks at the attitude of our heart. Always, it's the attitude of our heart. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always, having all sufficiency, in all things, have may, may have an abundance for every good work. That's a good promise, isn't it? As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in every way, in all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. There's that connection. There's that partnership. And look, it is always, it is always about, about heart. It is not about amount. Because that's all relative. You know, Jesus... Um, brought his, uh, the disciples' attention to an action that happened in the temple where you know, the widow came and she gave a tiny amount of money. But in relation to, to what she had, that was huge. And there were others who were putting in huge sums of money, but to them it was a drop in the bucket. So that's the... That's, that's the, that's the that's the element of it. You know, you could say, well, $50 to someone is, is an absolute sacrifice and to another person it's nothing. It's, it's, it's not about amount. It's about, it's about heart. So in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every uh, spiritual law be confirmed. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are the giver of good gifts. Father, I thank you that your word is truth. Lord, that you do not lie. Lord, that everything that you have promised us is before us and is ours to experience. And Lord, I thank you that uh, in this area, in this, uh, these promises that you have, you make it abundantly clear. If we will, you will. 
So, Father, I just thank you for it. I just pray that uh, you would put a joy in our heart. Lord, in, in whatever, whatever circumstance, whatever, um, uh, whatever um, opportunity that we have um, to express that, uh, that giving, um, Lord, I just pray that you would put within us a joy in our heart. And Lord, that through that, uh, Lord, that those promises would be fulfilled and you would get the glory. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's all right, buddy. It's all right. Um, we have our post box, the digital stuff and all of that. Um, it's a drama. Um, I mentioned the other night there, are, there is still opportunity to contribute toward the um, uh, books in, in Fiji for NCTC. It's a... Yeah, that would be a small thing in a school like the one we have here. Um, over there, it is it is massive, and um, those things have already been um, paid for. Um, they're already there on the way. Um, so, um, but there are envelopes out on the table there. They're clearly marked NCTC. So, if you would like to do something with that, they go in the post box as well. And I'd like to hand over to Caleb Nicholas. Hello, hello, that's very loud. Hey, I am absolutely buzzing this morning to be able to whew, share what I've got for you. Man, this, this is going to be fun. This is going to be really cool. Ugh. Hope you're ready because, oh man, cannot wait. Talking about good gifts, that this. The foundation for the word God has given me this morning has been totally set. We are, um, Mal spoke a little bit about us maturing and God wanting to bring us into a, a maturity in Him. And, uh, and, you know, we've heard about spiritual laws. So I feel like just totally set up to succeed with what God's given me this morning. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you to those people. <clears throat> We're going to do a little bit of uh, reading this morning. Is that cool with everyone? It's too bad if it's not. We're still going to do it. Um, oh, it's going to be good. Okay. I want to say, I want to start off by saying we, as born-again Christians are designed to be aware of and to operate in the spirit realm. Did you know that? Let's, um, let's, just, see, let's just see what the, the Word says about that quickly. Let's go Romans, uh, Romans 8. <clears throat> oh, I love Romans 8. How packed. Romans 8, verse 3, starting at verse 3, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What God did on the cross was reconnect him with us. He built the way, right? For us to be able to step back into his design for us. And his design for us is that we're not, we're not uh, scared of spiritual things. We're not uh, afraid of the spirit realm. We're not overwhelmed by it, but we feel at home there because that's where he is. I'm so excited this morning, not just because I'm speaking. I get excited when I'm speaking, but I'm excited because I was preparing and God 
God said, just gave me the word equipping. And over the, the next few days, he unpacked what he wants to do this morning. He wants to unlock an awareness in people's hearts and minds of the spirit realm. He wants to impart spiritual gifts this morning. So I am really excited about that because uh, this is a journey that I've been on recently, and it's one that has absolutely rocked my world, is getting just a, a little step, a little toe into a deeper awareness of what is happening in the Spirit, to be uh, inquisitive and curious and asking the Lord and to have Him show me some things. Now, I'm not, uh, this is like, this is stepping stepping a toe in, so don't be too concerned that I'm going to blow your brains uh, on, on anything crazy. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a taster <laughs> of what there is, and I only have a taste, right? But what I want for you as, as I'm, I'm speaking and I'm sharing is I want you to open your heart and just turn your, uh, turn your curiosity switch on at, uh, to, to hear what I'm saying and to, to be open to the Holy Spirit and what He wants to say to you specifically through that. And what he wants to give you specifically, because there are some things that he wants to give you. And I'm going to give, uh, it's going to be heaps of fun. We're going to have an opportunity uh, for prayer at the end. And we're just going to see what God's going to do. Whew, that's going to be good. But before we get there, God is always inviting us deeper and deeper in him. Always. We never get to the end. Mel said before, we, we never reach our uh, perfect maturity. There is always more. Always. But the crazy thing is, it's largely up to us how much we experience of that. You know, God's all-powerful. He, he is totally in charge, but He Himself has limited Himself based on us. How crazy is that? He is in charge, but he's not in control of everything because he gave control of us to us. And he gave control of this world to us. So there's a part for us to play in not being uh, complacent, ignorant of what he's got for us. <clears throat> hmm. All right, let's, let's do some reading. All right, uh, we're going to dive into Ephesians this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. And while we're turning there, Mel, could you grab my water bottle, please? Thank you, thank you. Ephesians 4. And we're going to start, I'm going to read from verse 1. Trying to drink as silently as possible. <laughs> All right. Ephesians chapter 4 says, <clears throat> I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Now, this is Paul speaking to the Ephesians. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts to men. <clears throat> now this, he ascended, what does it mean that he, but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above 
all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but the trickery of, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Hmm. <laughs> Right. Thank you, Jesus. So there's a lot in there. <laughs> there's a lot in there, right? But I want to pull a couple of things out that relate specifically to what God has given us in, in, the, in terms of spiritual gifts. So what, what does it say the purpose of spiritual gifts are? In here, the, the spiritual gifts that is listed, the fivefold ministry specifically, it says the purpose of these gifts is to equip Christians, us, to do our own ministry works. Not to equip the church to do missions, to equip the church, which is us individually, each person individually, to do ministry. It says the purpose of spirit, these spiritual gifts is to edify. And I looked up that word edify, and it means to improve, one's, uh, improve a person's mind or character by teaching them something. It says the purpose of these gifts is to edify, to improve people's mind and character with the goal of becoming unified, one, in Christ, perfectly reflecting Him and growing the church as that happens. How cool is that? Now, quite often, there's some big claims. There's some big claims in here, right? <laughs> there is some, uh, some pretty amazing vision being cast here that we would grow together being completely unified, who knows people? I, I know what people are like. I am one of them. <laughs> it's, man, the picture of what God is giving us here to be completely unified in love, <laughs> perfectly reflecting Christ. But as, as, as crazy as that sounds, that's possible. We've got, to take, we've got to take this word as truth, do we not? Yes, that's possible. I, um, I looked up the definition of equipping because it says in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. To equip, the equipping is to give someone the skills needed to do a particular thing. Now, there's some things coming that we are going to need some skills for. So I want you not to be sitting there and thinking, oh, this is a great option, you know, isn't this nice? We get to come to church and, you know, maybe we want some spiritual gifts. Maybe. Maybe they'd be nice. No. <laughs> we need to continue as individuals and as a body and as a family. We need to continue to be open to what is next, what God has for us to grow into. We cannot afford to stay still. We can't afford to do that because God is doing a work in this earth. And I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the people that he uses to do that. There is going to be uh, a, a time and a season where 
spiritual gifts and the, the things that God has designed for us to operate in are going to be so necessary. They're already necessary. But as we, as we move forward and as we progress in our world, I believe that there's a season coming where great things are going to happen. But they're going to be done and God's going to do that work through people that are open and willing to step into what he's got for them who are brave enough to trust him. You know, we've got to be brave to trust the Lord because what he brings us into is quite often things that we never knew existed. They're quite often uh, a realm of the unknown. And that is one of the things that people have, uh, one of the biggest Fear induces in, in our world is a fear of the unknown. People don't like it. They go, Ooh, I, just, I, don't, I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what that is. And, and that they let that bring fear into their heart. But there's so many things that God wants to bring us into that we have no knowledge of yet. So we need to trust Him and we need to not be afraid of what we don't understand yet, <laughs> and of what we've never heard of, and of what we don't know, because everything God wants to bring us into is in that realm, all of it. Hmm. So we can't do any of this without God, but equally, if we don't let him equip us and grow us into the full capability of his, his design for us then he's not going to do he's not going to do it for us we have a part to play right he's given us an active role in bringing heaven to earth hmm so what does this equipping practically look like to do spiritual work we need spiritual tools you can't expect to uh, operate in the spirit with natural things. They're, they're two, different, two different realms, right? <clears throat> and that's what God wants to, to bring us into, is, is to understand, to open our eyes, to teach us how to work in the Spirit. Let's, uh, let's dive back into Ephesians in uh, verse 13, it says, till, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And this is what I want to pull out here. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, every joint, we all have a part to play, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body to the edifying of itself in love. Yeah. So what does God want to, want to grow us up into? All things, it says. He wants to grow us into all things. As I said before, you, you, can, you can have this perception of, uh, you know, options. You know, it's like a bit of a smorgasbord. You, have, you could have, have a little bit of this, then you have a little bit of that. But what God is wanting to do in us is to bring us into everything that he's got. He's got a full picture, right? He's got a full design, and he wants to bring us into experiencing every part of what he's designed us to do and how he's designed us to operate. Um, who remembers when they were 15? It's, you, some might have to cast their mind back a little bit further than others. Yep. I, I remember what I was like when I was 15. 
<laughs> it was a joy, wasn't it, Dad? <laughs> I thought I had a firm grasp on this whole life thing. I thought, man, I've got this down pat. Uh, at the ripe old age of 15, I, I thought, you know, I've arrived. I've, you know, been here for 15 whole years. Um, and now I've learned everything I need to learn. And, you know, the rest of life is just going to be uh, uh, sharing my wisdom and, and uh, helping those a little bit, a little bit... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And me, I remember hearing that and I thought, that's ridiculous. I don't know everything. Of course I know I don't know everything. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but uh, thank goodness I did not stay 15, I tell you what. What actually happened is that as I grew up and I learnt things and I discovered more things that I didn't already know... I learnt that I didn't know everything, but I discovered how much more there was that I'd never considered. I, the more I learnt, the more I learnt what I didn't know, or how much there was that I didn't know. <laughs> and it's funny, I was reflecting on, on the similarities of uh, our natural growth journey as people with our spiritual growth journey. And... We can be there. We can be spiritually 15. And the scary thing is we can actually stay there. We could stay spiritually 15 for our entire lives. You know, time doesn't affect our spirit like it affects our body. And we are living in a, in a physical world and lessons happen to us whether we want them to or not. <laughs> Life just happens to us. And we can either learn from those things or we can not. But we get a lot more opportunities, a lot more present opportunities in the natural to mature and to grow. And we are somewhat led along and, and sometimes forced in that. But our spiritual journey is completely different. We, we, uh, God is always wanting to lead us into greater and deeper spiritual maturity. But, you know, you can, you can sit in church and... Uh, switch off. <laughs> Funnily enough, you could be uh, in the right place, but not receive for a very long time. It is uh, an active choice that we have to make to submit ourselves to the work that God wants to do in us. Or else, we could be sitting here for a whole long time thinking, I've got this spiritual Christian life thing down pat, you know. I'm, God's built me, I've learned what I need to learn, and now I can just share what I've, what I've got uh, uh, with all of those who are um, a little way behind me. <laughs> That's not how it works. We've got to wake up and go, is that me? Am I just sitting content with what God's taught me so far? And have I stopped learning? Have I stopped seeking the more of God? It doesn't matter how old you are in the natural. Have you stopped learning? What else does God have to teach me? And I'm, I'm here to say that uh, there's so much more. There is so much more. The, the growth journey that God has had me on recently, it has been that moment of discovering how much I don't know all over again. <laughs> I've, it's, I've got to a, a point and he's, he's bringing me into some things and I'm just sitting there going, Lord... What? <laughs> wow. I know nothing. I know nothing. Teach me, teach me, teach me. Hmm. So my message to you this morning is, is an encouragement. It's an urging 
You've been created for so much more than you're aware of right now. And let that be, let that be a, a, a thing of excitement and curiosity that sparks uh, the question to, to Holy Spirit to say, what is it, Lord? What's next? What's next? What have you got for me? I'm ready. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Ooh, that's a powerful, powerful line. <laughs> Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Because he will. Hmm. Ephesians uh, 3, 16 to 20 in the Passion Translation says... And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive is it. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. <laughs> wow, wow. We can read those things and, and have one of two kind of uh, reactions. We can kind of, you know, turn the I don't understand uh, lens on and just have it just zip over our head. Or we can, we can open ourselves up and go, Lord, I've got no idea, but I want this. I've got no idea what, what beyond my imagination looks like, but I want it. I trust you and you say that that's what you want to do in me. So, Lord, do it. Ooh, yeah. I don't know about you, but I have some pretty crazy dreams. <laughs> really crazy. And I've got a really, really strong imagination. So, when I, when I, when I read this, and I get excited because... I can imagine some crazy things, right? But he wants to do more, more than that. He wants to bring us into what we do not understand. He wants to bring us into what we don't know, what we've never thought of. Who wants to experience that? Into what we've never dreamt of. And uh, I love that, I love that... Uh, <laughs> Paul's written that, that line in here, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. It's not us that does it. It's, it's not us that you know, kind of goes on this adventure and works out the puzzle pieces to unlock the amazing gift that, that God has given. He's already given it to us. And it's His power that works in us to bring us into all things. It's our job to surrender and to, to uh, seek Him. To seek Him, because it, it is His power and, and He Himself that will reveal what He wants to. So, when, when reading a passage like this, I think it's so powerful to, to not just glaze over it and go, yeah, I don't quite, I don't, you know, I know that there's so much in there, but I don't know what you're saying, Lord. <laughs> Um, that is quite often my experience, and, and I'm sure it would be yours, that the, the Word is a living Word, and it's, it is so packed with revelation, so packed, 
that you can read something that you've read along, along many, many times, and still there is more to be, to be gained from it. But there's some passages where I read and I go, oh, wow, that sounds amazing, but I can't actually picture what this looks like in my life. Lord, I don't, know. I don't really know. I know that there's something in there, but I don't know what it is. So the questions I think that we should be asking from this passage what are the riches of his glory? What, what are, what's that? <laughs> what are the riches of his glory? And these are the questions that I want, I want you to, to put this lens on when you're, when you're reading something like this. To go, don't just, just read it and go, oh, that's, that sounds like a Bible verse. That sounds like something God would say. Think, what does this mean for me? What? What actually is he saying? What are the riches of his glory? Why why do I need supernatural strength? What don't I know about the love of Christ? He's saying he wants to to bring us into a deeper level and and a a greater understanding of the, the fullness of the love of Christ. What don't I know? Lord, show me what don't I know about the love of Christ? We can often look at love, a bit of a side note, we can often look at love as a simple thing. And, and the word love, four-letter word, very common in our, in our world, in our natural world. And we can look at it and reduce it to something simple. And we go, God loves me. Nice. <laughs> and move on. Love. God is love. And there cannot be anything more detailed, complex, powerful than God himself. God is love. So let's, let's look with curiosity and not with uh, familiarity. Other questions to ask is, what does it look like to be filled to overflowing with the fullness of God? What does that look like? <laughs> you can guarantee it looks... Not like what we're experiencing now. There is more that God wants to bring us into. There is more, so much more. What can I imagine and what's beyond that? Yeah, God gave you your imagination. He gave it to you for a reason. And it's a powerful thing. So use it. What could I imagine in God, what could I imagine experiencing in His presence? And then what's beyond that? Lord, show me. Hmm. Yeah, God's got so much more that He wants to lead us into. And we are but children, still learning how much we don't know. And that's okay. <laughs> we are just children. Still learning how much we don't know. <laughs> Let's turn to First First uh, Corinthians twelve. Ooh, it's getting to the it's getting to the pointy end. It is getting to the pointy end, and at the pointy end, <laughs> the end of uh, my message, I'm going to give an opportunity for if you've been sitting there going, "Ooh, there's something beating on my heart. There is a pull that I feel." That's Holy Spirit, and He is inviting you into an experience this morning that's going to start something. It's going to start something new. 1 Corinthians 12. <laughs> start at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to see to these dumb idols, however you were led, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. 
and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. This is a super fun list. It's a list of what God is, uh, has available and is giving freely to His children. It's a list of spiritual gifts. He says uh, at the start that, I don't want you to be ignorant of these things. I do not want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. And I love uh, in verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation. To manifest something, uh, I looked up that word as well, manifestation. It's the appearing of a sign that something exists or is happening. It's the appearing of of a sign that something exists or is happening. (laughs) And the manifestation that that sign is given to each of us. It's given to each of us. To, uh, To each one for the profit of all. Now the manifestation of what is the manifestation of the Spirit? It is the proof. It is the proof of love. The manifestation of the Spirit is the proof of God's love. It's the proof that God loves His children, that He's pursuing their hearts in every moment of every day. The whole purpose of of what God gives us is for Him. It is to reveal Him in our world, to grow deeper into Him personally, to share what He's saying to other people with them, to show His love to those who don't know it, to bring everything into the design of what He has made. So this, what I'm I'm unpacking here is hopefully giving you a picture that God wants this uh, experience and an experience of the spirit realm and the spiritual gifts for every single one of us. And it's not for our personal profit or gain. It is for the body of Christ. And it is for the people in our world, in and around us. This is for you. This is for you. And he has so much more. Hmm. All right. I'm going to... I am going to read a story. I love stories. I've been reading a, a book, um, a couple of books uh, that have uh, that God's led me to and is bringing, uh, using to show me how much I don't know, but to excite me and and bring me forward into into uh, an experience and learning about the spirit realm. One of the authors that I've been reading. His name's Blake Healy. I've shared this with the, the men at our men's ministry, but I'm three of his books deep now, not just the first one. Um, and I'll just read the story. How about that? The story is, uh, it's just a little excerpt from uh, his book about spiritual warfare, actually. Don't get scared. It's, it's not crazy. It's really, really good. Um, but... I love the way he presents and he talks about uh, everything because at the end of the day, it's all about God and there's nothing that we need to fear. <laughs> there's nothing that we need to fear. Uh, right, so page 209. And I want to read this to hopefully uh, give you a... 
um, a little bit of a, a window into what's possible and what might be happening that we we don't uh, we don't know about. <laughs> Now, just a little bit of context. Um, Blake sees in the spirit, right, with his eyes, with his eyeballs. Um, you could say that that gift that he has been given is a discerning of spirits. Just to discern something is to recognize it and understand it. Um, so Blake was was born with this gift. God gave it to him. He didn't. There was no point where he, he doesn't remember seeing spiritual things with his eyes. Whew. All right. So this, this is a bit of history in here as well. So strap in. Um, all right. He says, several years ago, I was ministering at a church in the city of Dresden in Germany. One morning, one of the pastors invited me and my team to take a tour of the city we bundled up against the cold and began the short trek to the city centre. The city of Dresden was part of one of the most controversial air raids during World War II. It was bombed near the end of the war with incendiary weapons, causing a massive firestorm that reduced most of the city to rubble. The lowest estimates put the casualties at 25,000 people. After the war, there was great debate about whether Dresden had been a valid military target or an act of revenge for the German bombing of Coventry. Regardless of the reasons for the attack, the human suffering it caused was devastating. The pastor recounted stories he had been told of people desperately seeking to escape, only to be trapped by the encroaching flames. I started looking in the spirit as we came around the corner to the open square with a fountain at its center. Everything that we do on this earth leaves a mark. Bad things leave a mark, good things leave a good mark. Little things have a little mark, and big things leave a big mark. I took a moment to look for the mark left by the tragedy on that day. When I, when I, what I saw was simple, but the emotion that flowed through me as I saw it was instantly overwhelming. The stone streets were impressively clean, but when I looked in the spirit, I saw that they were all coated in greasy black ash. The ash was full of handprints, some big, some small. They formed an eerily beautiful pattern that spread throughout the whole city square. A spike of empathy drove, into my, drove itself into my gut and I stopped looking in the spirit. Many people ran to the fountain here during the fire, the pastor continued, but the heat of the flames was so intense that the, the water had already started to boil. He paused. It was very bad. We moved forward, continuing towards the city center. He continued his story, saying how the city was completely devastated. Many years later, after the Berlin Wall came down, there was a massive effort to restore the city. They rebuilt all the historical buildings that had been destroyed in the bombing, even going so far as to use some of the original bricks that had survived the fire. We rounded another corner and came upon a magnificent domed church building. This is the Fraunkirk, the Church of Our Lady. I looked and immediately saw a massive angel standing behind the church. It was at least 600 feet tall. Easily the largest angel I had ever seen. It was wearing nothing except a simple tunic around its waist, but there was a massive blue sword in its right hand. The angel was grappling with an equally massive demon, a smoky black dog-like creature. Each was moving incredibly slowly, barely an inch a minute. While several things were unusual about what I was seeing, I was immediately struck by how poorly equipped the angel seemed to be. I had never been a warrior, I've never seen a warrior or protection angel with no armor. Seeing such a massive display had completely distracted me from the story the pastor was telling, but there's something he said suddenly caught my attention. This is what I want you to pay attention to. So when they rebuilt the church, the cross at the top of the dome was made by the son of one of the pilots who had been part of the bombing mission. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said, throwing up my hand. What was that last part again? 
Well, as I said, many of the people believe that the attack on Dresden was an act of vengeance. There was much debate after the war about whether the attack had been justified or not, but years later, during the restoration of the city, a son of one of the pilots who had bombed the city made the cross that now sits on the top of the church. It was done as an act of reconciliation. They had a big ceremony out here to commemorate the event and the completion of the church. As he spoke, pictures flashed through my mind. I saw the angel and the demon fighting hand to hand over the city of Dresden. I saw the ceremony the day the church was completed. I saw the blue sword appear in the angel's hand. And then I heard the Holy Spirit speak. Forgiveness is a weapon. I'd been seeing in the Spirit for long enough to know that the battle between the angel and the, and the demon was not just about what happened during the bombing. That their fight was happening in such extreme slow motion was an indication of a battle that had been happening for a long time, for generations. The city of Dresden is over 800 years old. Its history is rich and complex. Even its destruction and reconstruction are a relatively small part of its history. The battle was over something much larger and much simpler. Heaven had plans for Dresden. And hell had plans for the city of Dresden. The battle was over whose plans came to fruition. Realizing the scale of what I was seeing, not just the size but the amount of time it represented, I was amazed that the actions of a few people could affect it at all. A simple gesture of forgiveness and reconciliation could leave a mark that affected the destiny of a city. <laughs> Just take that in for a moment. <laughs> it wrecks me, that story specifically. Because we don't know the power of what we do. You don't know the power of what you do. God says that when we bind something on earth, it's bound in heaven. And when we release something on the earth, it's released in heaven. <laughs> you, <laughs> you may think that you know, holding unforgiveness in your heart is something to do with just you and it only affects you. That's... <laughs> The convert, conversely to that, you may think that when you forgive, <laughs> an act of forgiveness is a small thing, but it's not. <laughs> you may think when you're praying a prayer that, uh, you know, nothing much is happening. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that whenever you pray, things are happening in the Spirit. <laughs> Whatever you release on earth is released in heaven. <laughs> we need to get a grasp of our part to play in this earth. We need to get a grasp of what is happening in the spirit and what, what effect we have. <laughs> because you can say something that nobody hears but it will affect people that have never heard it before. This is what God wants to, to impart to some people this morning. And you know that if that's you, if, you, if you're feeling in your heart that pull, <laughs> that, that curiosity, that burning, God's got an awareness that He wants to unlock in your heart. Just like Dresden, God has plans for Bendigo. Heaven has plans for this city. And the enemy has plans for this city. And we have an instrumental part to play in which plans <laughs> come to fruition. Make no mistake, God is in, in charge. But he has given some control to us. And he wants us. He's leading us and he's guiding us in how to use what he's given. Huh. We just need to be focused on him and open. 
to what he's bringing us into. Um, Chris, could you do me a, a massive favor and press play on the uh, iTunes? There should be a a uh, thingamajiggy. Oh, Sammy's Sammy's coming up to press some music. Play. That's great. We're just gonna we're just gonna give Holy Spirit a bit of space to do what He wants to do, and He's gonna do some cool things. He's gonna. Uh, He's going to unlock some things. He's going to impart some things. And it's going, to be, it's going to be wild. And it's going to start a journey for some people into the more of what God has for them. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. You can come, come back. Come back. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to pray in a moment, but I, uh, what I want to do is, is give those people who are thinking, man, I think, I, think God's, I think God wants to give me something. I think God's talking to me about this subject. I want to give you an opportunity to come forward and to receive prayer, and we're going to believe together <laughs> for the impartation of what God has for you for an awakening of something new in your heart, in your experience. Hmm. Father, I thank you so much that you are leading us into good places. Father, I thank you so much for what you're giving us, Lord for the experience that you're leading us into, God. Father, that you are equipping us for your mighty works. You are equipping us to, with things that will reveal more of you, that we will come to a deeper understanding and experience of your love, that we'll be able to share that with more and more people that we'll be able to see the plans of heaven and partner with you to bring them to pass. Yeah, if, that's, if that was you, that you're really feeling that, that burning, if you want uh, an impartation and prayer this morning, I want you to come up the front now. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Dad, if you want to come up and help me, that'd be good.